Well, I want to thank you for embracing our series, the Committed to Christ series. Many of you are studying the book, and, and you've been taking it very serious with your commitment cards. I, I noticed, uh, I looked over last Sunday's cards on worship, and, and I noticed that a lot of you want to be precise about your commitment. So, uh, last week's talk about I, I will be in worship once a month, or twice a month, or three times a month, or four times a month, and I know some of you would, would put that, a little bar between the three times a month and four times a month, say, I'll be there three and a half times per month. I also noticed that some of you took note of that small print that talked about bringing the right attitude to worship, and that you would try to prepare the night before so that you would be on time to worship, and some of you underlined that and said, I will try. So... That's what this is about. This isn't about being perfect. It's about just trying to get a little better in our discipleship of Jesus Christ and being faithful to what he's already done for, for us. Committed to Christ shares six building blocks that I think are essential if we are to be mature Christians and God is to be flowing in our lives in many ways. We've already talked about prayer. We talked about how hard it is to make space for God in our lives. We need to be intentional about that. We talked about Bible study and how we do Bible study not just for the sake of the knowledge. It's not just about becoming literate in the Bible. It's about taking that and doing something with it in the world. And then last week we talked about regular worship and how even our most committed members are not coming quite as often because life just has so many options. And so we talked about how important it was for the church to focus on engagement and then the rest of us just to be intentional about finding those places to influence ourselves as well as our children in finding a spiritual path that makes a way for God in our lives. So today, the word that we're focused on is witness. And witness doesn't always charm our hearts. The theological term is, is evangelism, and they both come from the same root word. And probably when we think about witness, we think about Jehovah's Witnesses. Go knocking on our doors and try to convince us of the true nature of their religion, their brand of Christianity, and convince us it's the one true religion. Or we might might have a little pity for those two guys who go around in white shirts and ties and riding their bikes or walking place to place and sharing their faith, trying to convince us to become a part of the Mormon church. Or we might think of the street preachers, especially if you're in those college days, someone on the corner sharing that uh, if we don't accept Jesus Christ, we have those flames of hell that we will have to face. Or it might just be that person at work that just over and over keeps asking you to come to their church even though you made it clear you're happy right where you are at. All those tend to cause us to think a little negatively about witnessing. I remember when I was in youth group, in our church, I don't know how it's always been here, but at least in, in those days, uh, nobody wanted their parents to be the youth leaders. Uh, we didn't have a paid youth leader, and so it was always a scramble to find somebody who would sit down with those kids. And usually you want to get somebody before they had kids, but still had a heart for youth. And I remember that our church grabbed our drama teacher at school. And I can tell she, she wasn't all excited about, about the endeavor. Uh, they didn't really train her very well for it. Uh, and when we gathered for youth group, we, we like meeting together for what we call rap session. We 
get on the church chants, we, we liked gathering there in a circle on the floor. There was something about the sacredness of that space that was was important to us. And I remember our, our leader was sitting in the choir loft because she wasn't quite going to get on the floor. And we were talking that day about giving our faith away. And she commented that she just didn't really believe in that, that she thought that faith was a very personal matter. And she just wasn't comfortable sharing her faith. And I remember thinking, even as a high school kid, not all that stupid, that just doesn't really ring true. I mean, what if Jesus felt that way? And what if everyone else had felt that way? How would I have come to faith if it wasn't for someone sharing their faith with me? Well, I've got a few more years behind me now, and, and I can get on a soapbox and pretty quickly say, you know, what about those first century Christians? What if they had not shared the faith? How would that Christianity ever become a global religion? Or what about those Methodists and John Wesley in England when they formed those class societies and the hope and the discipline it brought to the working class of England, what a transformation it made in that country. Or we could talk about all the hospitals and schools that were started by Christians who, fueled by their faith and the passion they had and inspired by Jesus' healing ministry, decided to do the same. Or we could also talk about those early Methodist circuit riders who went through the, in the days of the pioneers in America and how because of their hard work and sacrifice, Church became the center of a community instead of the tavern in so many communities. What if those people had not shared their faith? What a different world it would be. So, faith sharing is important. All this suggests to us that we need to find a way to share our faith that's appropriate for our times. There has to be a proper way to share our witness that avoids the extremes of the fanatical, but also avoids the extreme of avoidance of that responsibility that characterizes so many Christians. You know, Eddie Fox changed my mind about evangelism. Several years ago, he wrote a book called Face Sharing. Eddie Fox was the head of the World Methodist Evangelism Institute. And he coined the term faith sharing. He wrote a book about it. And his point was that each of us have a story about our faith in Jesus Christ. Each of us have some way that, that God has come to us. He tried to make the point that evangelism is not about slip programs, it's not about dramatic teaching, it's not formulas, it's not four spiritual laws. The witness is just taking what we know, taking the faith, the way that God has helped us in a small way or a great way, and sharing it with someone else. It's noticing that sharing our faith is witnessing to the grace and strength of Jesus Christ. It's being sure that we live our faith authentically enough so that others take note of us who know us and see that there's something different about us. That we handle the ups and downs of life with, with grace and with strength. That we handle our problems with an assurance that we're not alone. That we have we're not afraid to take a stance of courage against injustice. Or that we reach out in compassion over and over again. Faith sharing doesn't mean our life's perfect. It doesn't mean that we're 
better than anyone else. It doesn't mean that we've got something that somebody else doesn't have. It's just that it inspires us to live a greater love towards others. If you happen to read, read the chapter this week on faith sharing, Bob Crossman tells the story of his own faith journey. And he remembers going to a Billy Graham Association training event. And they taught there in that training event that the average person, it takes 24 different invitations by someone of faith in order to bring you to faith before you really accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And he said for him that rung true. That was seemed to be about the right number for him. And he could recall that 24th invite. He remembers when he was a sophomore in high school and at the encouragement of his parents, he, he got dropped off at church for a whole weekend series of events that were to take place. And he looked around, he didn't see anybody else that he knew, and so he just wasn't too sure about staying. So he, he called and asked if his parents would come pick him up. He was headed for the door in the parking lot where his parents would be when the youth minister at the time, Chris, saw him and called him over to his office and struck up a conversation and convinced him to stick around. And he did. Because of the events of that weekend, his life changed dramatically. Dramatically. And he thinks about what would have happened if he had walked out that door? If Chris had not thought enough to see him and reach out to him, how different his life would be. He would not have done a summer internship as a student pastor that summer where he happened to meet his wife, Marcia. And so he wouldn't have had his two kids that they had together or the four grandchildren that they have now. He thought all the ways that his life would have been different if it wasn't for Chris who cared enough to reach out to him at that point. So I hope that you hear Come to Ugly Quilts Together or help out with Noble's Little Main Street or the new food pantry. Do something that people can connect with in a more easy way as an introduction to the faith. What's most important is not just their attendance in church. It's about starting that journey of faith. Taking that step. Let me close with a story. And I think it shares with the most important thing. Uh, we've been talking about give kids the world the last couple of weeks, and I want to share just one more story, if you'll bear with me. This is actually Carol Miller's story. Uh, Carol Good Miller drove down to Orlando, long two-day drive. And the week was a very meaningful week, but one thing we noticed throughout the week was that as we got closer to Labor Day weekend, the census of families started to go down, which only made sense because a lot of schools on the East Coast start the day after Labor Day. And so some of the shifts were lighter than others. Some you kind of felt a little underutilized. Fortunately, we had enough experiences that we, the week was valuable. But you sometimes think, well, do I really need to be here? And Carol Miller said that she thought that a couple times. But on one of her last shifts, they were working the merry-go-round. And one family came along that was there really to celebrate. Made reference to them already. Their child had a childhood kidney disease. And she'd gone through the chemotherapy and she beat it. And the doctor declared that she was cancer-free and has a very strong prognosis. So they were there celebrating that week. We saw the more than ones wearing these orange t-shirts that all had the same 
a message on it. It said, Lexi kicked kidney cancer. And so it was fun seeing them because it showed you the great hope that sometimes good things do happen for these families. So Carol Miller got talking to the mother of this child and talking about her health situation. And the mother mentioned that her daughter had Wilms disease, W-I-L-M-S, Wilms disease, which is a kidney cancer for children. One of the most treatable ones, a matter of fact. And Carol Miller said, what? What did you say? And she said, it's Wilms disease. And Carol Miller said, when I was a child, I had Wilms disease. And the mother just got excited and went over and grabbed Lexi. Lexi, come over. I want you to meet somebody. This woman had Wilms disease when she was a child. And that child's eyes got so big. Because here was someone who's lived to the ripe old age of 39 years old. <laughs> but what a witness it was for Carol to be that person at that moment, at that time. What a God moment. So I'm just trying to say the most important thing about faith sharing is just showing up. Just having the heart for someone else. Your faith story may not feel very dramatic, but you've got a faith story. If God has been in your life in any way, you've got something to share, something to say. So be ready to share when God gives you that moment. Let's pray. Lord, we can be a little squeamish when it comes to faith sharing. And we know we're not perfect. Sometimes we don't feel we have the right to share with someone else. But none of us have that right. It is so true that we're just one beggar sharing with another. Give us that humility, but give us that courage. Give us that sensitivity to your spirits so that we share at the right time, at the right place, with the right person. Who knows when that moment may come. That is our prayer this day, through Christ who is our Lord.